With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How is the global pandemic affecting our elderly population? And what sort of services are being provided to those in the greater Boston area? We're going to get answers to those questions from the CEO of Ethos, Valerie Frias. My name is E. Duke Bennett, and this is Tell Us the Truth. This is Valerie Frias. I'm the CEO of Ethos in Jamaica Plain. Thank you for having me on today. Well, I'll tell you, Valerie, it is such a pleasure to have you on Tell Us the Truth. And before we even get too deep into this thing, let me say to you, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Duke. So, so tell me, how have you been, you know, just from a general standpoint? I mean, it's 2021 after we had one of the most crazy years probably that we'll ever have in life. Um, how hopeful are you that uh, 2021 is going to be even better than whatever we experienced in 2020? 2020 was, uh, and I, I sort of feel like we're still in 2020 a little bit in terms of the pandemic and, and race issues and things like that. Uh, it's been a, a roller coaster year. Our agency has been dealing with the pandemic from the get go. Uh, I had started my job at Ethos just a couple of months before the pandemic hit. So uh, we've been in uh, what I call pandemic mode for, you know, going on a year now. And uh, our services have never been more needed. Our um, staff has never been more stretched, but we are all here to support one another. And, and so that part of it feels good, uh, but there's lots that's going on around us nationally that uh, has also impacted everybody's state of, of mental health, uh, especially the elders in the city, uh, elders of color, and that, that social isol isolation that we found with the pandemic compounded with um, the events of, of the world are are really hard. And we've been really trying to reach out to those folks so that they're less lonely and less isolated and feel part of a community. Valerie, please well, tell everybody, anyone who's listening right now, because, you know, tell us the truth. Not only are we here in the greater New England area, but, you know, we have listeners all over the world. What is Ethos specifically? What's the organization? What type of services do you folks provide? The whole nine yards there. Uh, Ethos is a, a Jamaica Plain-based nonprofit. We serve elders and the disabled uh, across the city of Boston with our nutrition program, and then with some of our programs in southwest Boston. So Jamaica Plain, Roslindale, uh, parts of Mattapan, uh, Hyde Park, and uh, West Roxbury. We provide services such as, as uh, home care and personal care attendant. We run the Meals on Wheels program for the city of Boston, along with several uh, community cafes across the city. We also run a money management program for folks who are having uh, difficulty managing their finances. We help them to make sure that, that their bills are paid and, and if they are getting into any trouble that we're able to help negotiate with landlords and things like that to get them on the right 
on the right path. Um, those are just a few of the programs we offer. The, the healthy aging programs, I just wanted to highlight. Our healthy aging programs are things like Tai Chi and, and memory cafes and balance and things like that that are so important to people as they age. And they've been particularly hard hit with the pandemic since we haven't been able to gather in person. Uh, we very quickly transition those programs remotely and are doing them by Zoom and Facebook Live and things like that, uh, putting them on YouTube. And um, what we found is, is actually that we've been able to reach uh, more seniors outside of Boston even, and certainly outside of Southwest Boston, and they're able to access those more than once. Uh, so that's been something that we've learned during the pandemic that's actually uh, a positive. And uh, on, on the flip side of that, though, we've also learned about technology gaps with folks, and we've been really working hard to make sure that not only are we getting pieces of technology in the hands of elders, um, particularly low income and, and people of color who may not have access, uh, but also making sure that they know how to use that technology so that they can uh, access those programs in an equitable manner. You know, Valerie, you just brought up something that I never considered before, and it's really just knocking me over now. So you have our elderly who, because of the pandemic and the lockdowns and how they can come out of the blue and what have you, one minute you can have folks over the next minute, you're not seeing any new visitors for months and months at a time. So very similar to what our, our kids are going through today with school and having to do school remotely. So they have to have the technology, they have to have the internet access, and it needs to be consistent. And in many cases, be taught how to use it. Um, so this is, this is really interesting how the two issues parallel each other. I want to ask you, how has it been in terms of Equipped, equipping uh, our, our elderly with the technology and making sure they have the, the, the proper internet and what have you. Overall, ha have we been successful at setting them up for success so they can get their Tai Chi and, and just interactions with the outside world or what have you? Or has, has the mountain been a little bit more steep to climb in that regard? The mountain is definitely steep. Uh, it was very, it was extremely steep uh, when, when we began this effort about a year ago. Uh, but I will say it's more of a hill at this point. Uh, we identified lots of lots of folks early on who um, were going to have bigger challenges, either because of language or um, literacy or you know, lots of other um, issues. And we really we put a team, a great team together to uh, assist and do technology training. And it's been um, very successful. Certainly, there are many more folks out there in Boston, and so I, you know, I, I'm going to pound the pavement every day to, to try and get access to more funds so we can serve more people in this program. But I think that that for those we've been able to reach, uh, it, it's been a, a tremendous success, and they are able to find community. We have community conversations. So if Tai Chi or yoga isn't your thing, you can stretch. You can talk to other other um, folks on on the line. Uh, we have speakers. We just had a social isol isolation panel this past Thursday um, that was quite successful. Over 150 attendees live, and uh, the numbers is growing of of use of that program. Pandemic has forced a lot of folks to have the least amount of interaction with others 
than they've had in their lifetime. And as you mentioned a little earlier, uh, that can have a, a really not so positive residual effect. So why is it important to to do things like making sure the technology is working and, and, and what have you so that they get some kind of interactions with other people? So first and foremost, they are most vulnerable to this virus, uh, to COVID-19. So this program is one way that we can do uh, a well check, as I call it, on some of our elders to make sure that they are physically okay um, and, and mentally okay. We, we do this in, in many programs so that if you're not perhaps using our healthy aging programs, but you are involved in our home delivered meals program, we, are, we never stop delivering meals. We have drivers go out every day and they, uh, they knock on the door. And while our protocols have changed so that they step back six feet, they do need to get some sort of recognition from the elder uh, that they're okay, how they're doing, do they need anything? Uh, and that little bit of interaction might be the only interaction that they have all day. Um, so from, from that perspective, I, I feel like this vulnerable group is so critical to make sure that um, we, they don't get lost in the shuffle. They aren't always the, the folks who are on smartphones and who are having you know, Zoom meetings. Uh, that's not their natural, necessarily their, their natural um, ecosystem, uh, whereas it may be easier for younger people. So uh, it, it's really important that we try from different angles that, that direct door knock, how are you doing, phone calls, we're doing that, uh, well check phone calls to make sure that people are doing okay. We also have an emergency mental health outreach team so that if someone uh, either calls us, a family member, a worried neighbor calls us about someone's mental health, we have uh, trained social workers who are able to go out and have been going out again continuously since the pandemic started. Uh, brave folks in our office uh, just who are committed to the mental health of the elders and disabled to make sure that that they're okay. Just in incredible work, incredible work for sure. And, you know, when I personally think of ethos, because I do have a history with with working with folks from your organization on various levels, including on an intergovernmental level, um, as you mentioned, I think of food. I think of your organization feeding uh, seniors and, and, and really making sure that uh, we reduce the amount of food insecure seniors that are in the greater Boston area there. Um, if you were to put a number on it, Valerie, Give me a ballpark figure about how many folks are, is Ethos feeding right now, uh, especially since the pandemic. So if you ask me on, on February 26th, before we knew the pandemic was in Massachusetts, we were serving about 8,000 uh, meals a day in the city of Boston. And that was what we thought of as a lot. If you ask me on April 1st, what we were doing, we had gone up to over 12,000 meals a day. Uh, Again, folks were locked down very quickly. These were the most vulnerable to the virus. They were staying home as they should. And we were doing uh, outreach to make sure that they knew that the, that the service was available, that we could deliver them at least one meal a day, often two, uh, a hot meal a day, a healthy meal a day. And uh, that 
that, that has been a, a tremendous uh, program expansion and really has, has shined a light on uh, the real need and, and the real food insecurity that we have, not only in the city of Boston, but nationally. That is an incredible amount of people to feed every single day. Uh, so again, my, my hat goes off to, to Ethos and all the different organizations around the nation and around the world like it, because you know our, our elderly population is probably the most vulnerable outside of uh, you know infants and what have you. I mean, these are definitely folks who need assistance and who can't necessarily do everything on their own. I mean, life is hard enough for anybody who, who's able to get up every day and go to work and, and do what they got to do and what have you. So imagine that you actually have to depend on a service provider to just give you a meal every day, you know, and, and, and what kind of anguish and, and stress that can put on a person who's already dealing with the fact that we woke up one day and the world was not the way that it was just the day before. I mean, we have a global pandemic that we're faced with um, fighting against and, you know, all the things that come along with it, just something as simple as getting a, a consistent meal on a daily basis. Uh, that's major. That's major. You know, right now, uh, Valerie, we're starting to see rollouts of vaccines for the COVID-19 uh, virus here. Does ethos have anything to do with the rollout? And, and if so, what's been your role uh, thus far in that process? Uh, in the city of Boston, we do. We are working with uh, the city and our state partners to assist senior buildings in uh, rolling out the vaccine in, in partnership with local pharmacies and the state. So we're helping with translation uh, we're we're doing things like connecting with with elders we've worked with just to make sure that um, they know you know what's happening and we make sure that that they feel comfortable with with um, the vaccine what it is uh, that we direct any questions to the medical professionals uh, and, and and just helping overall with logistics of getting several thousand people in the city in this next round that be with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Begins on Monday, January 11th started, um, you know, get, getting that rolling on a, on a positive note so that we can continue to do senior buildings throughout the city. You know, when it comes to being a, a service provider, uh, especially someone like yourself, where literally you are the CEO of this this major 
important piece to the puzzle in terms of feeding folks and getting them social interactions and being a bridge with their health care and all sorts of things that uh, Ethos provides. I want to ask you on a personal level, Valerie, uh, what made you decide to go into this line of work? And, and is this something that, you know, it just came out of nowhere or have you been working towards this for a period of time? Uh, I'm a lawyer by training, but uh, I'm an advocate by nature. And uh, my nature is to advocate for the most vulnerable and those who uh, don't necessarily have the loudest voice or the strongest voice in our society. And that's been who I am throughout my career, whether that's been uh, as a government attorney or working with HIV infected substance abusers and the recovery community, uh, working with LGBTQ kids uh, in affordable housing and, and now with elders and the disabled that's been a, a continuous thread is that uh, being an advocate for uh, those who perhaps don't have uh, a voice at the state house or city hall or in their community to make sure that their needs are elevated and that the conversation uh, is had to make sure that uh, we all are getting what we need as a community. It's just incredible. And, and, you know, you and I have known each other for a while and, and you hit it spot on. I mean, I know of you as someone who is not afraid to use your voice in order to speak up for others and, and help others. So it's just it's so tremendous. And, and I'm so proud to, to see you in your latest uh, role here as CEO of Ethos, where literally, you know, tens of thousands of, of, of seniors you're, you're feeding and, and helping. It's just major. Um, speaking of food, though, so correct me if I'm wrong, Valerie, but uh, you're Portuguese, right? I am. My dad is from the Azores. Okay. So your dad is from the Azores Islands here, which is just so fantastic. So I got to ask you, I mean, we, we just celebrated the holidays and what have you. I need to talk to you about the food, because I know that, you know, you can get some things done in the kitchen as well, and you know about the real stuff. So talk to me about that. What, what were some of the great uh, foods that we had over the holidays there, over in your house there? We, of course, had lots and lots of seafood. That, that, that's what we do on, you know, on Christmas Eve. We, we Portuguese have lots and lots of seafood. So there was lots of cod and lots of salmon and lots of shellfish to be had uh, in, in my house on, on Christmas Eve. That said, it was myself and uh, my two children because I've, I've been extremely careful about um, making sure that I keep them safe and I keep myself safe so that they can continue to go to school and so that I can continue to do the work that I'm doing. Now, you can't leave me hanging on the bread because you and I have spoken about the bread before. Uh, did, did we have any of the, the, the Portuguese sweetbreads or anything like that for the holidays? And if so, I mean, talk to me about it. What was going on with that? There's always Portuguese sweet bread. And, you know, you and I have talked about how you have to make sure that you have it with a little bit of sharp cheese. And it, it's hard to find. So, you you know, I, I've been settling for Spanish sharp cheese. And, and, you know, I may get some criticism from my from my Azorian dad for that. But, but you know, that's what's, that's what's been available at the grocery store. Uh, so Spanish sharp cheese is, is, a, is a reasonable substitute during a pandemic. I've always wanted to know something because, you know, I'm a culture guy, right? I, I'm a food guy. I'm a music guy. I love everything that has to do with culture. Um, what's up with the egg? 
Okay, if, if if I go and I to a, to a Portuguese restaurant and I order steak, there's always an egg option to put on the steak or put with the steak or what have you. There's something about eggs. I need to know right now, uh, and and I'm not sure if it extends to the Azores or what have you. But can you give me a, a, a any kind of clue here? What's up with the egg? Yeah, I mean there are eggs. If you have sweet bread around the Easter season, there there's an egg in the sweet bread, and um, you know so the so the the stories go. If you are the the person who gets the slice that has the hard boiled egg in it, you have extra luck for that year, uh, and it symbolizes life, right? So it's a symbol of um, life and prosperity, and um, you know all, all all of those things that that you want to celebrate at any holiday season, and of course, being Portuguese, we like to think of every meal as a holiday, so. You can have an egg with every meal. I wonder about something here, uh, Valerie, because again, you're somebody who advocates for others. You're somebody who is very thoughtful. You're always willing to help. You always, you know, even I can just our interactions. I always ask how I'm doing and, and really not through cliche, but legitimately want to know how are you doing, which I've always appreciated about you. How much of your family and cultural background affects what you've done for a living and and how you've chosen to live your life. My my background has has impacted me tremendously. My grandmother came over to this country um, and worked three, four, five jobs at a time. My grandfather was uh, permanently disabled shortly after arriving in this country, so she needed to do all that she could uh, to support nine, nine children. And uh, each child, as they got to, quite frankly, the age that they could drop out of high school at legally un- under Massachusetts law at the time, did that uh, to work full time to support the rest of the family. And my dad was uh, one of the only ones to go to night school and, and finish his high school degree uh, so the sacrifices that my family made so that I could uh, be the first to go to college and certainly to, to go to law school, that, that would be a dream that my, you know, my grandmother would be um, so proud of. Uh, that, was, that was why they came here, was, was for their grandchildren uh, to make a, a, a better way and have more opportunity for their grandchildren. And um, she passed away when I was 11, but... I, I hope that she would be proud of um, the work that I'm doing now. It, basic needs, you know, food, as you know, is is a is a Portuguese thing, and it's a Portuguese thing in some ways, especially for uh, immigrants and um, first generation folks like me, because there was so little otherwise to share. That was how you showed appreciation, you showed love, was by sharing food because that was what you had. And and it was usually basic kale soup and bread, but it was available uh, for anybody who needed it. And if you needed to add a little bit more water to the soup so that it it went farther, that's what you did. Um, So I, yeah, it it was not something that was indoctrinated in me, but it was just a lived experience of my family and, I certainly want to want to make them proud. 
Well, I, I'll tell you, Valerie, I, I truly believe that you are. And, and I, I have a theory uh, because I, I don't know if, if you remember, but my mother is actually originally from Jamaica. So I, I, I share with you the first generation uh, notion there and, and what comes along with that. And I feel like folks like us, we find each other. And that's why we're able to have such strong bonds, because there's there's this unspoken thing where there are aspects from a cultural standpoint, a life standpoint that we understand because we're living it. Uh, when I say that to you, does, does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. I I have a large family. I have 30 first cousins. And among those, you know, we've, we've faced everything that that you can think of mental illness, um, food insecurity, economic instability, addiction, all the issues that we're talking about um, and that that are pervasive are things that are lived experiences of um, our family, but also the lived experience of our family is that we um, try to support one another as best we can and meet, meet each other where we are. Uh, and where they are and um, try to raise people up and not put them down. That's so wonderful. Raise people up and not put them down. I love that. I love that. So my next question to you is this, Valerie, because I know that everyone listening right now, they do have someone in their life that's elderly. They do have someone in their life that is definitely being impacted by COVID-19 and everything that comes along with it, do you have any tips or suggestions for those of us that may have elderly friends, parents, relatives who are in, you know, assisted living or, or any kind of situations like that and some of the places that Ethos would provide services to? Any tips on what we should be doing going forward while we try to ride out this uh, global pandemic? I think checking in is is critical. I, I think that a two minute check in, whether it's by phone, um, certainly now, depending upon age and, and accessibility, some people are, are using tools like, you know, Google Duo and FaceTime and things like that to be able to, to video chat with uh, their their families. And I think that those points of connection are critical at a time like this, uh, just knowing that people are still out there. Also, make professionally, making sure that um, you're connecting your loved one to services that they might need that you might not be able to provide because you maybe have to go to an essential job and don't want to risk that elder. So making sure that you're reaching out to organizations like ours um, and there are many of them. There are 25 across the state of Massachusetts alone that, that do similar things and reaching out and making sure that uh, your, your loved one has the food that they need, has someone laying eyes on them, has their personal care needs met uh, and, and, and things like that. And we're certainly here to help with that along with our counterparts across the state and across the country. Valerie, why don't you let uh, anyone listening right now who's interested in, you know, checking out Ethos and, and seeing if you folks would be a good fit for them or their loved one or what have you. And, and just in general, if you 
plug away any website, social media, what have you, to any kind of service providers that you can think of that folks may want to check out who are in the you know greater Boston, Massachusetts uh, area there? Absolutely. Our, our main phone number is 617-522-6700. So 617-522-6700. Our website where you can find out lots of details about programs I've spoken about and, and many others is uh, ethocare.org. So no S, E-T-H-O care.org. Uh, and look forward to you perusing um, on behalf of yourself or a loved one for any services. I'm going to give you my personal email as well. My personal email is vfrias, V-F-R-I-A-S at ethocare.org. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. I would like also to just uh, make folks aware in Greater Boston, there's Central Boston Elder Services in Roxbury and Boston Senior Home Care in downtown Boston. And between the three of us, um, we share the city in terms of coverage. And one or all three of us are uh, always available to serve, to serve and to help and available uh, 24-7. Before I let you go, Valerie, I got to ask, because one of the things that I learned a long time ago is for people who provide services for others. I mean, there is a it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot to uh, shoulder. It's, you know, these types of jobs, you, you never really are able to turn it completely off because there's always something to do. There's always someone to help. Um, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. So I got to ask this. When it comes time to decompress, when it comes time to take a moment for yourself, what is your guilty pleasure? Is it a TV show? Is it a particular dish? Is it an activity? What is Valerie's guilty pleasure when it's time for her to just decompress and shut it down? Uh, I like to be outside. So it's, it's running and it's, and it's hiking and getting out in nature. Those are the things that, that really helped me to ground myself and decompress and come back uh, ready at 110% to serve the elders of 
of greater Boston. Now, can you give me some tips? Because, you know, I'm like you. I, I like to go outside and what have you. I, I particularly like to, to visit the dog parks, even though I don't have a dog personally. But there's something about the animals where they like to follow me around sometimes, what have you. Can you give me some tips on on how not to uh, be in a situation where maybe the dog is trying to go home with me instead of go home with who they're supposed to? You might just want to take them home, Duke. <laughs> incredible conversation with an incredible person. I, I am just so happy to have had the opportunity to talk to Valerie Frias. She's just, she was born to do that job uh, with ethos and helping our elderly population for sure. And, you know, there's, there's a lot more to unpack as it relates to providing services to our elderly because there are so many subgroups. You know, elderly is just a catch-all, but you know, Valerie brought up a couple of different subgroups in there too. I mean, first and foremost, you have folks who are ESL, you know, English is, is their second language. So they have a, a native tongue and, and there could be communication issues there, right? So you're going to need somebody who can speak their first language in order to ensure that you're providing the services that they need and, and that it's consistent uninterrupted, what have you. So there's there's a whole layer to that. And then there's another population, just as an example, there's so many, but let me let me pull another one for you because she she briefly brought it up. Imagine being an elderly person who had lived through the HIV AIDS crisis. Or let's say that you know you're you're HIV AIDS positive and you don't have kids. You're elderly. Now you're living through the COVID-19 crisis. Now, we know the government dropped the ball in the beginning as it relates to the uh, HIV AIDS crisis, especially back then, you know, early 90s and what have you, late 80s. Jesus, we had the president of the United States who said that he didn't even want to talk about it, wouldn't even mention it until his wife twisted his arm and made him do it. Ronald Reagan. Now we have COVID-19 and you see the way this has been handled. We, we're, we're still trying to play from behind here. And we've lost over 300,000 people partially as a result of ineffective leadership as it relates to managing this global pandemic. So imagine being someone who's lived through both of those things and being affected personally by both of those things. Oh my goodness. So when you have an organization like Ethos that provides services, giving them meals, finding ways to get them interaction with other people, you know, something as, as simple as making sure that they have a, a computer or tablet device or a phone where they can do the video and the audio and, and see other people do things, you know, Tai Chi, have conversations, whatever just to give them that human interaction. Oh man, this is critical, man. This is critical. This entire time on a personal level, and you've heard it on this show, I've talked to a lot of folks about how the global pandemic is affecting our children and their education. But I never stopped and thought about, well, damn, how is this affecting our elderly? Do they have proper internet? Do they have proper communications equipment so that they can even tap into the internet so that they can get interaction with others? And I've lived through this, folks. 
you know, I, I, my, one of my grandmothers lived in an elderly building in, in greater Boston. And, and I, geez, I had experiences where, you know, at times their internet wasn't working or their phone line was down because of something happening. And think about this for a second. If your internet is not working, you 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 call your internet service provider and you you're on the on hold. You got to get through the automated system. Maybe you get to a human being. Hopefully, it's a human being that that you know can understand what you're saying and what you're talking about, and who has some kind of experience with the technology and the job, so they can actually provide you services. That process for us is a challenge. Most people I know, they they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to be sitting on the phone for an hour because their internet is, is has slowed down for some reason. They're trying to mitigate this issue. Now, imagine being elderly, living in an assisted living facility or, or something. That you, it's more than a, a, a assisted living. You, you need full staff to help you out at all times and what have you because you can't do for yourself. And you run into an issue like that. You know what happens? I'm going to tell you from personal experience, from, from experiencing it with a family member and from seeing it as somebody who worked in constituent services, you know what happens? Nothing. The folks are isolated and they sit with no phone and no internet. <laughs> and it's not until a family member tries to call them and they can't get in touch or they go visit them, hopefully, that you realize that there's a problem and then you got to be the one to pick up the mantle and, and, and try to solve this problem. This is reality, man. Imagine a whole building and the phone is not working. Elderly building. Phone line's not working because the, the service provider is having issues in the area and they haven't sent out any information to let people know, hey, your service may be down over there. Oh, elderly building. So you can't call out and what have you. Somebody falls down, somebody hurts themselves. They can't communicate. That's just during normal times. Now, why don't you add COVID-19 on top of that? What does that look like? Whew. People aren't coming out as much because of the whole social distancing. And, you know, maybe you're running less people working. There's more calls. So there's more work, but there's less people working for financial reasons. Maybe they had to furlough or do other things. What does that look like? It really makes you think, doesn't it? And then let's go to the whole food insecurity thing, right? How are our elderly getting fed? I mean, thank goodness there's Meals on Wheels and, and, and there's Ethos and there's these, these organizations in greater Boston that exist and you know all over the country. I know there are different organizations, but goodness gracious, man, we need a lot more. I mean, through ethos, you know, Valerie's talking about over 12,000 people they're serving, which was a jump of over 4,000 people that they were serving, you know, the beginning of the year, which was a lot. <laughs> Their organization is responsible for feeding that many people every single day. Wow. It's, it's tremendous. It's a lot of work and it's, tr it's tremendous. It really is. So... Again, I tip my hat. And, you know, listen, Valerie has two children who are special needs. So there's that whole aspect of it, too. I mean, this lady, really, she's, she's putting in a lot of work, man. And she's, she's serving a lot of different populations in many ways. 
so the whole thing about them getting a proper education, making sure you're tending to their needs, which is a lot, rightfully so. So, man, I tip my hat to her. She's fantastic. Can't say enough about her. I'm so happy she was able to join us on Tell Us the Truth because I really feel like you need to hear from folks like that. For me, it puts things in perspective. And it also reminds me of things that I should be thinking about, right? Things that I should be thinking about. Don't forget about these folks over here. Because ultimately, you may be in a position where you can help somehow. You may know somebody who can, you know, provide service here or, or, or somebody who may need service. Ultimately, you may be in a position where you can help. That's why these conversations are happening on this show, because you never know. And it happens every single week. Somebody hits me up and say, thank you for having so-and-so on the show. They mention X, Y, and Z. I know somebody needs help with that, or I can help with that. Boom, boom, boom. It's beautiful. That's, that's community, man. It's the way it should be. Absolutely. You know, we are going through a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous moment in history right now. I want to switch speeds for a second here and move on to another topic. It's all related, but we had people who are alleged supporters of the, of the current administration, you know, the Trump administration, who have been so whipped up into a frenzy that they decided to not only march on the Capitol building in, in Washington, D.C., but they actually broke windows and rushed through battered police officers. They brought zip ties and Molotov cocktails and guns, demanded to know where people like Nancy Pelosi was. They murdered a police officer. Some of them, you know, they got shot and hit back. What is going on in America right now, folks? What's going on? We had an insurrection in our nation's capital, in the Capitol building, an insurrection. Domestic terrorism happened on our soil. And I'm going to give my opinion here because people decided that they were going to say whatever it took in order to keep this weird thing going. We shouldn't idolize people. Because people are imperfect, right? And you never know what motivates a person to do the things that they're doing. So anyone who says, hey, you need to idolize me. You need to be loyal to me. I, I got a general rule of thumb that I just don't trust that person. I'm more interested in the people who say, do not idolize me. I'm not asking you to be like me. I want you to be who you are. I want you to realize your best potential. I want you to think for yourself. I want you to do your own research. I want you to tell me what you think. I want you to tell us the truth. I'm more interested in people like that. I tend to trust people like that. My, my circle tends to be uh, overrun with people like that, as opposed to those who say, you need to follow me, and I'm the greatest, and I'm the best, and I've done more than everybody, and no one can do it like me. No one's going to love you like me. No one's going to care about you li like me. No one is going to be able to accomplish the, 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 the things of the world like me. I tend to, to, to stay away from people like that. That's why I don't belong to a political party. That's why I don't belong to a church. I don't even belong to a particular religion. 
I tend to stay away from people who will tell you that they as a human being are somebody that should be followed and idolized. I don't idolize anybody. I love people. <laughs> I appreciate people. There are people that I will go to for, for assistance and guidance on particular topics, people that I respect and trust, but I don't idolize anybody. Because when you exalt a human being to mythical proportions, you put that person in a position where they can take advantage of you idolizing them. And I feel like that's what's happened here in America. We have people who have instructed others to go and stand on people's lawns go down to the Capitol, get bloody, do these things. What, what, did, what did you think was going to happen when you tell somebody to do that? People have been locked up in their homes. They've lost their jobs. They could barely pay their bills. Maybe they're not getting fed every day. What do you think is going to happen when somebody who they idolize says, they're, they're mistreating you. They're taking everything away from you. We're going to go down there and we're going to let them know what we think. And it's going to get bloody and we're going to fight. You know, what, do, what do you think people are going to do? That's not freedom of speech. You're inciting them. You're instructing them to carry out your bidding like some kind of TV movie villain or something. I don't know if I was, I was watching a comic book movie or what with this crap. Absolutely crazy. In America, of all places, we invade other countries for doing less than what happened here. If another country decided to invade America, if Canada decided they were going to invade America over what just happened with this insurrection, would they be wrong? Would they be wrong if they said we're going to come here and help our friends and restore order? Would they? Be, isn't that not what we do everywhere else? <laughs> it doesn't feel so good when you think about it from that perspective, does it? We have a nationalism problem. We have a supremacy problem. We have a racism problem in America. And all of those fires have been stoked by the current administration and the people who have sworn allegiance to these folks. And they are going out and just doing the most egregious. They are attacking our nation. And I'm here to tell you right now, I pray to God. I pray to the Pastafarian. I pray to whatever the hell it is that exists, the aliens in the sky, whatever, the man on the moon. I pray that our legal system does what needs to be done, identifies who these terrorists are, and give them their day in court. I pray that that happens. I don't pray for death. I don't pray for, for any kind of vigilante nonsense. I want these folks to have their day in court. Every last one of them, because this is America. And that's what that's how we're supposed to deal with criminals. Now, this is a different level of criminal criminality here. These are terrorists. And don't let anybody tell you differently. These are terrorists. They are the textbook definition of what a, a terrorist is. They're domestic terrorists, but they're terrorists. And the only reason why your local media, your mass media, your buddy who, who, who says a lot of clever things on, so on, on Facebook and Twitter and you think there's somebody to, to, to watch every day and share their stuff 
The only reason why they're not calling these folks terrorists, if they haven't already, is because when it comes to crimes committed by white people in America, there is always an excuse as to why you can't label what it is. Well, you know, they might have some mental health problems. or Oh, they're frustrated. These are terrorists. Call them what they are and charge them for what they've done. Terrorists. And everybody needs to see how we deal with terrorists in this country. You give them their day in court and let's see how it shakes out because there's a lot of evidence. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a trend that goes on these days, right? Where these, these rappers, they, they put out songs and everybody wants to be real. Everybody wants to let everybody know that they're the real deal. They're not, they're not just telling stories. It's not entertainment. This is real. This is what really happened. So they end up telling on themselves in their, in their music, right? They describe real crimes and real things that have happened. They tell on themselves. So eventually the FBI got hip to it and they decided, and even local police, they decided, you know what, we're just going to go to their music because they tell on themselves anyway. And we're going to use that as evidence to convict them for crimes. It's really, it's, it's incredible. These, these folks, these terrorists who attacked the Capitol, they're, they've told on themselves already. They've put out so many YouTube videos and, and parlor videos and Facebook and Twitter, they've posted, they've done all these things saying who they want to kill, who they want to string up, what they want to do. They've already told them themselves. And then they showed up with zip ties and guns and Molotov cocktails. They destroyed property. They went into places that were barricaded. They, they, they battered police. They killed police. They've told them themselves already. So we don't have to, to waste too much time on what to do next. We need to arrest these folks and then give them their day in court. Simple as that. Don't call them rioters. Don't call them protesters. These are terrorists. It's what they are. And there's, and there's talk that there's going to be more happening at state houses across the nation. And I'm saying this on this show now because I want to sound the alarm. I want everybody to be on heightened alert. And I want every, every law enforcement agency on the planet to understand that you cannot take this lightly. This is real. These folks got major problems here where they clearly don't love this country, regardless of what they claim. They clearly don't love the Constitution. Joe Biden legally won the election. That's it. Every court has ruled that, that it had to take up the matter. And anyone that thinks differently, you have yet to prove voter fraud on any kind of mass scale. And the few instances on a smaller scale, the majority of them were going the other way. So for people to react this way, where we're going to literally try to destroy and, and, and string up and, and, and hang and murder elected officials because they're, they're officially certifying who our next president is. I mean, come on, that's, that's an attack on the nation. Can't have that. Didn't we see that in Iraq? And some of these other places that we look, we look down on and we thumb our noses at. When I say we, I say as a nation, not me personally, because I've never felt that way. I've always looked at these things and I said, there's more to it than that, because there always is. We're so high and mighty as America. We look down on these other nations. We had a guy who was allegedly the president call other countries, quote unquote, shithole countries. And you know, I don't like to swear. But I'm making a point here, and that's a direct quote, shithole countries. Well, what the hell does it make us 
Well, we got a bunch of lunatics busting into the Capitol building with zip ties and guns and Molotov cocktails, killing police, tearing up the place, all because somebody lost an election. What does that make our country? (laughs) Do not idolize man because you don't know what they're leading you to. You think for yourself. You do your own research. And even the people that you agree with, you always take that with a grain of salt because you don't know what you don't know. People who idolized somebody who led them essentially to slaughter. So all of you who have been arrested thus far, there's over 20 of you, and and the numbers keep going up, who've been arrested. They're they're busting into your homes. You've lost your jobs. You're probably going to be charged as a domestic terrorist, part of a whole terrorism plot to overthrow the government. Do you really think you're going to get out of jail anytime soon, if ever? You're, You're probably going to breathe your last breath in jail, just so you know. So all anybody listening right now who knows somebody who's part of one of these little fringe groups, whatever they want to call themselves, and they claim they're patriots and all this other garbage, let them know. There's a jail cell waiting for them too. So go ahead. We can't have it. We can't tolerate it. We need to ostracize anybody who wants to do this kind of garbage. Shut it down. And let them know it won't be tolerated. Legally. No vigilante garbage. And for anybody out there that's going to try to say, well, what's the difference between this and Black Lives Matter protests? I'm sick and tired of that. Black Lives Matter is an ideology that we all, I assumed as Americans, as human beings, have. Black lives matter, just like any other life. So treat them the same way. That is the whole thing. (laughs) I thought we all had that ideology. Some of you say, well, I don't believe in that. So what do you say? So you don't believe that I matter? How does that work? I'm black. I've been black my whole life. I don't matter. Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is I don't believe with those people. What people? I'm those people. Aren't you those people too? I thought we were, this is America. All men are created equal. What people? You got a problem with Black Lives Matter Incorporated, the, the organization? Okay, we'll say that. But do you really think that everyone that says Black Lives Matter is a card-carrying member of some organization? I'm not. And you as an American, I, I thought that you cared, that you felt that I matter too, right? Are you a card-carrying member of some organization? So what the hell are you talking about? There's never been Black Lives Matter marching on the, on the, on the Capitol building, busting through, threatening people. Come on. Are you kidding me? But you're going to try to say it's the same? The same as what? You take a look at those around you, folks. The people who are making excuses for attacking our nation, be careful. Be careful around those folks. Because I'm telling you right now, if they can justify that, they probably can justify anything. And that also lets you know how they truly feel about you. It's disgusting. And we're going to get through this. Make no mistake about it. 2021 is going to be the best year we ever had. I, I truly feel that in my, my bones. But we're going to have to put some, some work in. Hold people accountable legally. Continue to let the world know that is not what America stands for. We're better than that. And we rise above all this hatred. That's, that's, a, that's a John Cena quote. You know, the, the pro wrestler John Cena, rise above hate. That's what he says. Shout out to John Cena. I don't know. 
I couldn't do this show without bringing it up. Couldn't do it. Had to. Had to share my thoughts on that. And I know a lot of folks, you know, they're paralyzed with fear on this. Some folks couldn't even work. <laughs> you know how many meetings were, were put off and things like that because they were so, they couldn't process the fact that the, the Capitol building in D.C. was attacked by Americans. But I say to you, who, who wanted to stop working the other day when this was happening because you couldn't process, I say to you, well, what did you think was going to happen? We sat here for four years, we were really six years, and we allowed a group of people to continue to build up to this moment. And I know that many in Congress were targets. And I say to all of you, did you do enough to slow down this nonsense? A lot of people say, well, you know, the Capitol Police and what have you, they didn't, they didn't protect this one and that one enough. And, and I say to that, well, listen, let me ask you a question. If that was you or your loved one, and you know that this guy's out of control and things are happening, what have you. I'm looking at Congress and saying, well, you're the guys that have the authority to do something, do something more. Did you do enough? Well, Duke, don't blame the victim. Okay. <laughs> well, we're all the victim here. Did you do enough? What did you think was going to happen? What do you think is going to continue to happen? Are you doing enough? I want all these folks arrested and I want them all to have their day in court. There's no exceptions. If they were there, they need to be arrested. They're part of a criminal conspiracy to overthrow the government. I want them to all have their day in court and let a jury of their peers decide what happens with them next. That's it. No vigilante garbage, just the legal process that we're supposed to be bound to. That's it. I want to thank my guests again. You know, Valerie, she's fantastic. Fantastic. Doing God's work. Indeed. Join me next week. We'll have another great guest. We'll have some more great conversation. Again, you know, at tellusthetruth.duke at gmail.com. At tellusthetruth on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram. Let me know what you think. Or if you have any suggestions on who you'd like to hear on the show next. I'm all ears on that. You know, in Boston, uh, they say Marty Walsh is going to be part of the Biden administration. He's going to be in charge of labor. So what does that mean? That means it looks like we're going to have our first female mayor of the city of Boston in the history of the city of Boston. And not only that, she is a black woman, Kim Janey. So I'm going to hold my congratulations until it's made official, but make no mistake about it. History, baby. History is happening. We're living it. I'm loving it. Until next time, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. This is E. Duke Bennett, and you've been listening to Tell Us the Truth. Tell Us the Truth is produced in Boston in association with iHeartMedia and WBZ News Radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.